2: It probably a little too soon for that intro right there. Just saying. Probably a little too soon because Raider Nation wants to hear Jason Horowitz say, just win, baby, as you are going into hour number three of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. It's turned into a therapy session for the second day. Now tomorrow we'll turn the page and start to look ahead to the next opponent, the Denver Broncos Week 4 action Allegiance Stadium. And the guy that'll be on the call is our good friend Lincoln Kennedy. He joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday. And Lincoln, thanks so much for your time as always, my man. And Last Thursday we talked about the game against the Titans and basically you close things out with a mic drop moment said, hey, just give me a damn win. And well, the damn win didn't happen. So what are you seeing from the Raiders, man, the the, the start to the season 0-3? The
3: epitome of inconsistency. Both sides of the ball. And can't put together a complete game. Can, can play a good half, <laughs> whether it's the first half or the second half, but can't put together a complete game. And you know the thing is, Q. Uh, it is the therapy session is going to go on because until uh, until the Raiders develop or not necessarily develop focus on another weapon, teams are going to do exactly what we see in the first three weeks on offense for the Raiders. Um, we've seen teams double up Devonte Adams and double up Darren Waller, and that's the reason why Mac Hollins has had two big games, but it hasn't necessarily translated a win. And I go back and I'll refer back to a few years ago. When we had a similar situation, and Nelson Aguilar started making some ton, a ton of catches. Nobody really talked about it because at that time you had rug, uh, Rugs on the, on the on the team as well as other players, but no one ever talked about Nelson Aguilar making those big catches. That's what the Raiders, in my opinion, offensively have to got to do. Um, you talked about last week how uh, you, you, everyone realized that Derek Carr is a robot and he does what he's supposed to be told, does I uh, told to do. Well, then that means you have to develop other routes and other things for other people. You. Can't can't just focus on those two guys and trust me when i tell you those two guys are good weapons but there's been a number of misses over the last two the two games that have kind of hurt them. So the inconsistency comes from, in my opinion, both offense and defense. You know, the defense couldn't shut down the Titans uh, in the first half. They come back and they, they slow them down, shut them down in the second half. You know, it's, it's quite awesome. Simply like the, the playing against the Cardinals the first week, I mean the week before, they, they couldn't stop them in the second half, but they stopped them in the first half. So same thing goes with the offense, inconsistencies.
2: How does a team, how does a coach, if that's the coach's job, or that's the player's job. How do they come out and play for a four, full fourth four quarters?
3: You got to get them focused. You got to call plays in order to create the confidence and success. The thing is, is that you know I still have not seen. A consistent feel of the run game. I, I, I think it's there. I think it's possible, but you just haven't seen it. And, and I know you've got weapons that you want to throw to. But sometimes, you know, if, if you you miss, you overthrow a corner route to your tight end who's beating a safety by four or five steps. You know, you come back and you try to run maybe something to, to to get them the ball underneath or go some other way. But take notice of what the defense is doing and make adjustments. It, it seems like you know for the for the most part. The team's inconsistencies, and they did make some adjustments in the second half. But you know, you shouldn't have a um, a delay of game in the fourth quarter when you're trying when you're down by two two possessions. You know, you shouldn't have that. Those are things that you just can't have. Uh, so it's got to it's got to be from better from the top all the way down to the execution of the players.
2: Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. So Lincoln, if you're a player in that locker room, you're sitting there zero three with high expectations on the season. What is the message as a leader that you're telling the pl- other players?
3: Stick with it. We got to learn how to win together. I said it last week. This team doesn't know how to win together. They have a, they've got to put four quarters together. So when you start the game, you have to be amped up. You have to be hyped up. Go out there and do your job. Start of the game, the first half, and then and then go back in, make adjustments, and be amped up the second half. That's what you got to do. You've Got to be consistently uh, ready to go. You know the thing is, is and I told Jason this when we were talking uh, last week during the game. I said the reason why the Tennessee Titans took the ball first and you see most coaches and most clubs are deferring the, 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 the coin toss when they win it. They wanted to send a message, and they did that. They marched right down the field and put a touchdown on the Raiders' ass, and, that's, and that sends a message, and they did it with runs. They did it, and even when the Raiders wanted to take Derrick Henry away, then Tannehill started having a big game. So, and they were, they were running max protection a lot of times. They were, and they had just backs and tight ends were leaking out, They still couldn't get a consistent amount of pressure on, on Tannehill. So, you know, when you think about going forward, the Broncos, you look at this team, we'll, we'll focus more on Thursday and talk about them, but, you know, this is not going to be an easy pull for this Raiders. here. They're 0-3, but, again, I'm still not giving up hope because there's still time. They just got to gotta practice better. I heard last week's practices weren't that good. Um, and they got to play better, play more consistent.
0: You mentioned being consistent, and something that you even jumped for joy when you seen it last season in the, in the game was the screen game. Now, they tried to go to the screens a little bit against the Titans, and it just wasn't there. What's the key to getting that consistency when it comes to running the screen plays that a lot of Raider Nation wants to see?
3: Well, the thing is that you, it's when defenses you know sort of sniff out screens, they, they, they usually do it with you know tendencies and the way they're playing and the thing is uh, the when you when you call them and the thing is that Tennessee sniffed out the screens before they could even happen so you give that defense credit you got to do other things but there are times where you know if you're, you're not necessarily worried about so much about the rush or till you know when guys are te- you know tearing their hands back and just want to rush a quarterback in those obvious situations that's when you try to get screens and draws but there's a lot more to the misdirection game I think the Raiders are capable of they just have haven't had a chance to do it
2: yet. What were your thoughts on the trick plays that, in my opinion, came out pretty early in the game on Sunday?
3: The, what was that? The, uh, the what was it, Quarterback? The or, yeah,
2: the throwback from Josh Jacobs back to, uh, back to yeah, Derek to Carr. Derek.
3: I, I don't, I didn't mind it, per se. Um, I, I, I know why you do it. You try to, you know, catch somebody slipping, but I think in each one of the games, if I'm not mistaken, they've tried something mm-hmm. tricky, you right. know, and, and just trying to, to, to just, uh, I guess, just do things different. Um, I, don't, I don't mind them tricking it. You know, it's just a, if it's not a disaster, I just, I just wish that it, it wouldn't be so difficult uh, for them to, to just, you know, I guess, be again, be consistent
2: talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness so the Raiders rolled out their 7th or 8th version of the offensive line what did you think of uh, the variation that they had this past week?
3: Didn't play too bad actually played pretty good I think you can stay with this sort of the this sort of mix for a little while longer it'll be interesting to see when they get Andre James back what they're going to do with Dylan Parham what they, whether they move him to left guard but uh, you know for me I, I think Jermaine Illuminor just can't play tackle so, so. I've given up on that hope. Um, uh, They'll put keep him inside, and maybe they'll get be a little bit better road grader. And you just you Munford when it comes to him, when he got beat, he just turns his shoulders too too quickly. That's a rookie mistake, Um, and he'll get better. He's got the length, he's got the power. He's just there's technique things that he's not. He's very slow footed, slow footed. He's not one of those guys that's going to keep up with a speedster, so you really have to put a chip or a tight end over there to help him out. And I think that's just doable. But, you know, the the, the thing is that the, the Raiders offensively are going to have to develop or have to showcase some more weapons like Foster Moreau instead of, you know, Foster's in there and Darren's not, chances are you're running the football because, you know, Foster's a better blocker than Darren is. So, you know, these types of things are, are telltale signs that defenses is starting trying to pick up one.
0: Coach Mick Lombardi, he was asked in his press conference today about that rotation on the offensive line, but he said, hey, these guys, they want to compete, and they know they have to compete each week at practice, and it's not just the offensive line, every position on the offense that you got to compete to earn your job. But if you were in that locker room on the offensive line, is it as simple as if I step up and do my job, I know I'll keep my starting spot, or do you think that it's no rhyme or reason and they're just trying to pick whichever five that may work on any given day?
3: No, I don't think it's that. Uh, I mean, and look, offensive lines are built on consistency, and you've got to be consistent with the personnel. The reason why you had sort of the, the the turmoil or the, the turn-up last week against the Titans, the turnover last week, was because I heard the other two guards had a bad week of practice. And, didn't, you know, they were they were tired. They're trying to find accommodation at work. So, to answer your question, if, if a guy goes out there like me, if I go out there and I do my job at the best I can, I'm being accountable for my own actions. That's all I can do. I'm hoping that the four other guys that are on line with me are doing the same thing. You can't make silly mistakes. You can't make mental errors or, or have, you know, bad practice. I mean, everyone has. A bad practice, but you can't have them in a row when the things are as important as they are. So you got to be better than that. And the, I'm just disappointed that you know that, that we're talking about John Simpson and, and Lester Cotton like that because I thought they had a chance to, to really do something this uh, this season.
2: It felt like it. It really did. It, it seemed like in the in training camp of the preseason they were really trending in the right direction. But you know when the bullets are live, things are a lot different, and, and it's showing right now, Lincoln. And so uh, as far as the inconsistencies and the shooting themselves in the foot and the penalties, Illuminor had a bad one on a big plate at Waller, got called back because yeah. of holding. Yeah. I mean, again, that's something that they preached all offseason about not doing, but now they're doing it. What, what would you say is the reason for that?
3: I Just lack of concentration. I mean, you know the game, you know the rules, you just you can't get called like that. There's no reason. There's no reason for Jermaine Illuminor to jump off sides down on as they're going in the goal line. Right. That backed him up. I mean, you know, yep. these, are, these are mistakes that you don't expect veterans to make. And look, you know, I thought fully that after they let Leatherwood go, that Jermaine Illuminor would step up, get himself in shape, and step up and be a better player because this was a chance to shine. Now, he's had a couple of opportunities. Um, and he didn't necessarily play all that bad except for the penalties and uh, at his play all that bad in Tennessee to see Titan games. So there might be a place for him at, at guard, but, you know, he's still one of those guys that continues to make mistakes and continue to want to just... Throw something at them because it's like, dude, get it through your skull. This is your opportunity to make big and get you a chance to be a starter. Don't mess it up.
2: You mentioned before the season even started that you rather your guys, your 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 starters get a little bit of burn in the preseason, just to you know, just to get it under their belt and know what they're yep. doing. Um, do you think that after these four, these first four games of this season, it's almost like a glorified preseason for these starters?
3: Well, I mean, that's what it becomes. I right. mean, you you rather you rather take your chances in the regular season with your starters. Um, to get their mistakes out of the way. However, it's a risky gamble. Right now the Raiders have a 1-1 game. They're 3 If you start 0 4 it's even worse. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Yep. So yeah, your, your starters might get might get a lather, might get some, something going, but you know, you still see, you know, Aaron throws, you still see, you know, mess, miss the opportunities here and there and there's still those struggles in the red zone. So there's still things that you thought you might have had figured out but you're still active in the drawing board. It's hard for them to get touchdowns. This team can move the ball between the 20s, but when it gets close to the end zone, it has issues.
2: Right. No, they do. And, you know, one play that stood out to me I wanted to get your thoughts on was the the passing play into the end zone where Darren Waller is there. Devontae Adams is really out of bounds right behind him. Uh, There's no way that that play was designed like that. I asked Coach McDaniels about it, and it wasn't designed like that. But that, to me, Lincoln, is a communication issue when they're both in the same spot. What did you
3: see on that play? Route distribution, I was questioning as well, because typically when you have uh, a receiver run to the front pylon, you'll have someone run to the back pylon so you can layer it up, and then you put someone under the goalpost. I actually thought that that's where Darren Waller should have been, under the goalpost rather than crossing, because it should not have been like that Uh, in route distribution. Even on the interception, you saw Foster Moreau like two yards behind. I'm not sure who Derek uh, Derek was trying to go to if he was trying to go to Darren Waller or um, if he wanted to go to Foster Moreau, who was like right behind him but there were a couple of times that there were some questions about route, dis- route distribution and didn't look right. So I don't know who's running the wrong route, uh, but I, I know that it, typically coaches don't draw it up like that.
2: No, not at all, and that's exactly what I asked Coach McDaniels about. Again, we're talking with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and the say roughness. Lincoln joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 o'clock to break down the game or look forward to the next game. So uh, what can... Coach McDaniels, do as the head coach what can he say to get these guys on the same page and get them lathered up to, to be playing, like I said, a full, a full four quarter game?
3: He's got to coach successfully. He's got, if he's going to call a plays, he's got to call the plays that are going to build confidence and that you know that your team can do well. Um, the problem is is that when you only have practice to go off, you didn 't have the preseason necessarily full speed to go off of you know you could take things into consideration, but it's not going to be a given because as I said, if defenses are going to take away your main weapons you 've got to find figure out someone else to go to or get someone else involved in the offense because you cannot be that predictable.
2: No, and it does feel pretty predictable right now. And I thought that that was going to be a strength of the Raiders and their offense was, you know, head coach Josh McDaniels being able to press those right buttons and really thrive, especially in the red zone. But you know, six trips to the red zone, and only two touchdowns. Like, and that's going to get you beat every time.
3: That's exactly right, and that's what I was telling Jason. I, mean, I was talking to him about even in the Cardinal game. I said if some of those possessions were touchdowns instead of field goals, they wouldn't even been. You'd have crushed all their confidence. But because you still have difficulties in the red zone and the space is condensed, you need to have better route distribution. You need to have better execution. More importantly, you got to make sure you stay consistent with the protection because you got to protect Derek, but you got to be more effective and efficient when you get down there to get sevens rather than threes.
2: How concerning is it with uh, you know Denzel Perryman still being? Out. I don't know if he's going to be playing this week, but you know, Andre James was dealing with the concussion, Renfro dealing with the concussion, and now Nate Hobbs also dealing with the concussion. I think we lost him. I thought I heard the phone. Yep, there you go. I thought I heard the phone hang up. I swore. I swore right in there. I heard the little he's on his cell phone. I think that it just disconnected. So uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll see if we can reconnect with Lincoln, but uh, I swore right in the middle of that. I thought I heard a little deep and yeah, there you go. So uh, we'll see if we can reconnect with Lincoln. If not, we got some good time with him. We'll get him again on Thursday reconnecting right now with Lincoln. Kennedy is his phone dropped. As we were talking to him, talking about the injuries that are on the Raiders uh, team right now. I think Denzel Perryman, I mentioned him earlier in the show. I think he's a, a big loss Uh, He's a vocal leader. He's also a big-time leader on the field, so we'll ask him about that. Nate Hobbs dealing with a concussion. Hunter Renfro dealing with a concussion. Andre James still dealing with a concussion that he suffered on the last play of the game in week one. So as soon as Lincoln reconnects with us, we'll bring him back on. I uh, had a couple texts that I wanted to get to. Uh, on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword RNR. Watch Dan Orlovsky video, breakdown a car. Ouch, that's from the 925. And then a follow-up from the 510. Dan just isn't a fan of car. His breakdowns are biased. That's why Richard Sherman got into him on Twitter the other day. I take what he said with a grain of salt. Joining us back on the phone lines now is our good friend Lincoln Kennedy. And Lincoln, I, I thought I heard your phone disconnect right while I was in the middle asking a question about yeah, the I injuries. Don't what,
3: I don't know what, the, what happened. <laughs> And I know I paid my phone bill, so I'm not sure what happened. It is what
2: it is. Hey, don't worry. I'll make a, a trip over to the Angry Crab and get you a couple extra dollars go. in your pocket. There you go.
3: I need that. I need that distribution. I for, know. For, that's for, for. right. I got you, my man. I'll but, take care of you. I guess if I could summarize what your question was with the injuries, the injuries are definitely piling up on the defensive side. But for the most part, you still got to be pleased with what you've seen. This, this new style of uh, – this what's well, called like the Bears defense, uh, the, where you have basically six men or five men across the line of scrimmage, and then you have a, a single linebacker. It gives you uh, changes up that you can change up with the, the secondary that you're doing. I saw three deep, I saw two deep, I saw you know single variation highs, some sky and buzz coverage. Um, so things are things are good or that way, but again, it's just inconsistent. It's it's like you know if you go back to the, to the Cardinals game. When the second half, the Cardinals made adjustments, they were going to run the option because they're going to leave the last man on the line of scrimmage unblocked. There was nobody out in the perimeter. And now you look to see what the adjustments the Raiders did the following week against to take away Derrick Henry. You know, things were good, but you didn't have an answer for the passing game. Uh, and so, like I said, they played better in the, the second half than they did the first half in the Titans game. So got to get a little bit consistent, but the injuries are starting to pile up on the defensive side, especially in the secondary.
2: How much do you think that the Raiders' defense, though, is missing Denzel Perriman? He's a guy who I look at as a vocal leader and a leader on the field.
3: I, I think it's big. I mean, especially you saw what type of light he brought to the team and defense last year. I think that's huge. But one of the things that has been a uh, you know on his docket, if you will, the sort of strike against him was the fact that he was injured so often uh, throughout his career. So yeah. um, I, I think it would be good to get him back. But Devon Diablo has been playing pretty well, and the other guys have been playing uh, doing well. It's just again, we're not seeing four quarters of consistency. You see. Heights, you know, you, you see good things, and then you see bad things, and that's the type of stuff that just frustrates you.
2: Another question that we've had, and Raider Nation has asked me about as well, is, is why is Patrick Graham having so many uh, soft zone coverages and not really press man the coverage like we thought that we were going to see?
3: Well, I would say that if you if if you have inconsistency at cornerback, you know, we had to bring in Webb, right, because Sen went down. Yeah um and you know Nate Hobbs got dinged up too so now you're just talking about you got Slim Pickings really um it's it, it, uh Has there been any progress on Hobbs? Because he left with a concussion, right? Right,
2: yeah, no, nothing, no no update yet. So
3: so we're getting guys that are getting dinged up right there in the secondary, and when you don't have the guys that you know, coming into the season, we want to know who are going to be those shutdown corners if you're going to have them, Uh, but you haven't necessarily had them because you haven't had a continuous consistency of them on the football field. Either one guy's been banged up or the now both of them are banged up. We'll see how it goes.
0: When it comes to getting after the quarterback, the team only has two sacks on the season, and I know people have been like, hey, where's Chandler Jones? He's on the back of a milk carton. He's been missing. So what's going to be that point for this Raiders defensive staff to say, hey, let's bring in Bowers or let's bring in Coons to see what they have, give them some more snaps, even maybe Cleve Farrell, because Chandler Jones is not producing as much as the team would like to see?
3: Well, I mean, that's, that's a good question, Damon. I, I don't really know the answer because one of the things I will say is that i I saw Chandler make a couple of plays in this this uh well get close, he got close to Tanhill that one time caused the the ball to come out wrong, um, and then he got he he was involved in, in, in another tackle, but you're right, the lack of productions on the rush ends it can't just be all Max Crosby uh, The thing is is that when you have a team like the Titans did what the Raiders have done in the past, you still shouldn't have that much success throwing the football because they were they kept max protection in but the soft zone played so far back that when they threw check down routes, guys were getting yards after the catches. You've got to find a way of generating a rush and until number 55 shows up, like I said, I, I, I don't really want to say his name. I want to see him play.
2: Yeah, no, there's there's no question at all that he needs to show up and, and, and be a factor because that's exactly what they brought him in for and finally, Lincoln, uh, earlier when the show started, your former teammate, Rich Gannon, we were listening to a, a soundbite that he had and he was saying the, the issues that he was seeing with the team and why they were 0-3 and he mentioned in the you know the offensive line play wasn't there. Uh, the the obviously getting to the quarterback wasn't there. Uh, the the negative plays, the quarterback getting sacked and also turnovers and and just you know tackles for loss weren't there. That's something that's been plaguing the Raiders for years. It doesn't matter who the coaching staff is or or you know what I mean or, or or what the scheme is or whatever. Why is it so consistent that those are the issues that have been plaguing this team?
3: i I do think it has something to do with the the inconsistency of the coaching staff and stuff like that. I mean of course you had you had you know you think about it, you go back to Gruden, no one could ever predict that your star receiver would get in an accident right. you know what i mean mm-hmm. or you know or the coach would get fired you know midway through a ten year contract. no one ever predicted both times you know, the, both uh, regimes have had to turn over this roster. So, you, you know, they, they went out and got Ngakwe last year because they wanted to generate sacks. Well, he's no liar with the team, you know, and you know it still was Max Crosby years to shine. But you've got your stars, and I've said this before, Q, that your stars have got to shine. And, and the thing is, that's what you're paying them for. That's why they're there. That's why they're getting all the microphones stuck into their face or getting, you know, the, the, the beat writers to ask them questions. they got to rise. And right now, you know, it's not that this team has lack of star power. It's, it's you know, if, if your free agent receiver, Devontae Adams, has to come and call everybody out in order to kick them in the butt, well, so be it. But, I'm waiting to see somebody rise up from this locker room and and go out there and play like it all the time, and I haven't seen that yet.
2: No, we haven't either. None none of us have, you know, and that's why they're off to the 0-3 start. Well, Lincoln, it's always great. On Thursday, we'll talk all things uh, Denver Broncos as they head to Allegiant Stadium. We definitely appreciate you, my man. Anytime, brother. You guys be good. All right, there he goes. Lincoln Kennedy right there joining us twice uh, after his phone dropped and still don't know why, but that's okay. We got him back, got a couple good questions in on the defense and that's what we wanted to do. So Lincoln Kennedy is our guest each and every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 o'clock right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. When we come back, got a couple texts that I wanted to get to real quick and then Coach Clay Morrow, Green Valley High School, recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. We'll talk to him as well about Green Valley, uh, their victory over basic, the first victory of the season for them, and also they're starting league play on Friday. We'll talk about that as well. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
1: Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920.
3: Boom. Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Re- Unnecessary, Re- Unnecessary, Re- Unnecessary Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
2: Many thanks to Lincoln Kennedy joining us in the last segment. And big ups to Coach Clay Morrow, Green Valley High School. He'll join us in the next segment talk all things high school football, Green Valley Coming up with a big victory over BASIC. BASIC was undefeated. They aren't undefeated no more. As Green Valley knocked them off, picked up their first win of the season. He's a Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week recipient. We'll talk to him coming up in the next segment. I'll say this before we move on to the show. Don't change your routine from what you do. And what I mean by that, every day I have a routine of what I do. And today, when I went to the store, sometimes I'll get some beef jerky, Sometimes I'll grab a bag of chips, just a little small snack. Today I got I got greedy. I got some beef jerky and I got some Reese's Because it was a special reezy, right? It was one that said for peanut butter lovers. And I particularly do love peanut butter. So I said, Hey, what the hell? Why not? I feel froggy, so why don't leap? So I did, and I'll tell you right now, DeMont, I ain't been right all
0: day. Ever since I ate that damn reezy, I ain't been right. Something's been wrong with me all day. So it's just too much sugar? I don't know. That I, combined with the rock stars is just too much for you. I guess. I guess everything just combined and it just went bad. It went south quick. I'll be honest. A rock star beef jerky and a Reese's. That doesn't sound like you know the, the healthiest. Thing. Yeah, the lunch of champions right there. It was, but it's a routine. A little, you know, a little something, something
2: here. Just a little. Boom. I'm about to get. I'm about to stay away from. Uh, I'm about to stay away from the Reese's, man. The Reese's threw me off. Finally, they caught up to me at 45 years old. The
0: Reese's caught up to me. Because my Funyuns and Red Bull combo before show never fails me.
2: Oh, okay. So so now you're flexing on me. Is that what you're <laughs> doing? So you're flexing on me. I have to shout out to uh, Dr. Jen and the Odyssey Bars, man. I have to stick with the Odyssey Bars as my go-to, my go-to snack, so I'm not off. My whole thing has been off all day. I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. Everything has been off. I'm going to go home, and it's going to be off. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be something. <laughs> I'm going to walk in the door and everyone's going to be like, oh, something's wrong with him. Like, I don't know what it is. This is not a very good commercial for Reezy's, but it's a great commercial for Odyssey bars. (laughs) So I'll tell you more about them later. Make sure you get your Odyssey bar. But shout out to Dr. Jen. That'll get you right. Anyway, let's go out to the phone lines while I'm still trying to get right. Speaking of the phone lines, talk to Jared in Vegas, right here in Vegas. What's what's up, Jared? See, something's off with him. He must have a Reezy Jared, you're on. All right, Jared. He's eating that peanut butter reezy. Every time there's a mistake, it's a peanut butter easy. That's what happened to Lincoln's phone. That peanut butter reezy got in the way. Who else we got up next? How about Charles in Kentucky? Welcome to the show, my man.
0: Hey,
2: Q. What's going on, man? There you go. No, hey, uh, no reezy for him. He's good. What's up, Charles? Uh, not a lot, man. Hey,
1: I would, you know, I'd like to sit here and talk about the run in this. Hey, no, it's not running the ball, but, you know, I... I honestly, think we would be two and one right now. Maybe even three and zero oh if we just would have ran the ball. But I, it, it's almost like—and I know this ain't the way it is, Q, But it's almost like Josh is saying we're either going to win my way or lose because there's so many games that I've already seen this year. He just runs the ball; we win the game. I mean, it's like when we did that interception to Darren Waller. I was sitting there with the wife. I was like, "Just give Jacobs the ball." One down. How many times have we not gave Jacobs the ball when we've been down to the one or two yard line? He's never even seen the ball. It's like terrible, but. My concern is, is for our future because I know we, we pretty much got to eat this sandwich that we've already uh, – this bittersweet sandwich we've already seen that we've all waited for this team. But, man, what do we do next year when we have Devontae Adams a year older? Do we want to see Chandler Jones a year older? we got Derek Carr. We go into all the same stuff. I mean, when it, you know what I'm saying? If we lose this game in Denver, what kind of effect is it going to take on us? And when you see coaches come out and make mistakes like this, like Josh – I mean, how many times do you see a coach change his colors, like him all of a sudden change the way he coaches and the team gets better? You don't see that. It just, you know what I'm saying. I, I mean, you tell me. Do you tell me? Tell me a coach in the NFL who started off 0 and three, and all of a sudden they just started coaching different, and the team got better. And that—that's my fear. And I, I don't have anything, to disregard trust uh, toward Josh McDaniels. I was a fan of him coming here, but I mean, we got a lot of assets that we can still build. Off this team, if uh, if they decide to bail, but man, I I'm worried about next year because what's going to happen when we, if we lose this Denver game? Where are we going to be at next year? We're going to have all these same players, and we're going to try it all again with the same coach and same players.
2: You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Thank you for the call, my man. And I'll say this: if uh, you know they lose the game on Sunday to the Broncos, um, I I don't think the the question is about next year. The question is going to be about okay, what the hell is going on? right? I mean, it'll be a lot more causing and effect of what's going on this year, right? I mean, next year, you could talk about next year in the offseason. Every year there's always turnover, and if this season doesn't go even closely as planned, not for me, for them. Look, th- let's put this, and I know we got to get the coach in a minute. There's a plan that I have, and there's an expectation that I have for my my team in in this, in this in, in my head, and then there's an expectation that they have in their heads. And they have their plan in their heads. So whatever the expectations are in their heads and whatever happens, that's how everything is going to be evaluated based off of not what, you know, us as fans are talking about, but what they have planned and laid out in that in that building over there. That's that's going to be the biggest thing. Let's get one more call in. Jared in Vegas, he uh, got over the Reezy coma and uh, is back on the phone line. What's up, Jared. What up Q? I was about to say, man, man don't leave me hanging again, dawg
3: <laughs> No, no, not again, not again Sorry, my man No, nah, man, I don't know if it was the Reese's, if it was the peanut butter m ms Whatever it is, man, I don't know But you know what? Um, I hope we're not worried about next year uh, I hope Josh can figure out a way But you know what I see? I see, I see we got two dudes that want to fight They look behind them And everybody's ducking that smoke Everybody's running for the hills We ain't got nobody that wants any of this action We ain't about that action you know what? We, we all got fooled by this expectation. We thought that we were going to be riding on what happened last year. But we should have learned. Years a year, it it's just different. And this team, they ain't about that action. They don't want no smoke. They're running every which way to try to hide from that chimney because they ain't going about that smoke.
2: Okay. All right. Good stuff. I like that. I bet you Marshawn Lynch somewhere is thinking I'm about that action, boss. I'm all about that action, boss. And look, again, I don't, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, the, they're not going out there competing and, and want to win because they're only three games into the season. So there's still 14 more games, so there's plenty of time. And we could be talking six, seven weeks from now like, man, remember the beginning of the season? Remember how, how terribly it started? And look where it's at right now. Look, How many times have we talked about how great things have started and then how things ended? You know, and, and look, I'm not trying to make an excuse or, or like passionate Raider things, trying to spin things, not trying to do any of that. I'm just trying to say that the season is long and things could change. We see how things could change quick, fast, and in a hurry. I was the first one screaming from the mountaintop last year, there's no way they win four games in a row, and they did exactly that. So right now, I didn't think there was any chance they were going to lose three games in a row, and they did. So okay, so I've been wrong twice. I'm fine with that, right? Now it's up to the team to go and turn that around. Coach Clay Morrow, Green Valley High School, he'll join the show next. He's the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. We'll talk to him about the reward and the recipient of that and also the game that they have coming up on Friday. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Rainish Radio 920.
0: It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
2: And we're joined now by Coach Clay Morrow from Green Valley High School here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And I say Roughness, Coach, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Your team came up with a 24-10 victory over Basic in the battle for the Henderson Bowl. How pumped up does the team get, the school get for this classic rivalry game that you came away with the victory in?
4: Well, first and foremost, Q, thank you for having me on. And I want to appreciate the uh, Raiders for as well having me uh, win this prestigious award. Tom Flores himself was an amazing man, had a great career. And so to even be honored with one week of being under the same title as him is amazing. Um the Henderson Bowl goes back, you know, some forty years. Uh it's the thirtieth year of us actually being two high schools in this area and the idea of having a championship at Henderson obviously runs even deeper than our high school. So the rivalry was uh pretty intense. Uh wasn't I, I had no idea how intense it was until I coached it my very first time about six, seven years ago. Now as the head coach it kind of gets even more kind of you get closer to the fire. So for the two schools, no matter where they are, whether we're four A, five A, you know, we're having up seasons, down seasons, no matter what, we always put on show. Um, when it comes down to the Henderson Bowl and so for us to get our opportunity to get that first win of the season um, against basic our rivals it, it always gets our school nice and pumped up.
2: Yeah and I mean of course coach you want to win every Friday night your team wants to win every Friday night but it's been tough sledding so far but like you said you got the first victory under your belt and you did it against a rival you win the Henderson Bowl I mean does that you know and you knocked him from the undefeated ranks I mean that's got to feel pretty stinking special as you get ready for a league play.
4: Yeah so and that, and you know what like records are what they say they are but I I kind of ripped a page out of Rich Morocco's book who Around town is kind of a, a coaching kind of Belichick, right. if you will, yep. when it comes to public schools, and he did this a couple of years ago where he went and just sought out the best possible opponents he could, and he just got his guys better for league play and get ready for Gorman. I mean, they were zero and five, and everyone was thinking, "Oh, Liberty's done," right. and then storms back and wins the state title. And being a young guy, like you just got to look at those that have had success in your area. Um, Castro, who's the guy before me, always taught me that you know playing tougher opponents, iron sharpens iron, and kind of went off him, and I went off what Morocco said and so we scheduled a pretty pretty tough preseason and so now when we get into league play when we're playing those quality teams like a Liberty like a DP like a Faith like a Centennial it's nothing new to us um so while yeah we had a bit of a, a tough sled at the very beginning I think that that's actually going to come come to fruition as some fruits of good labor, you know?
2: Yeah, no, I do. And I agree 100%. That's what the preseason's for. I mean, like I said, you're about to get into league play. And so now do you feel like with, you know, everything you guys did in the summer, everything you guys have done so far in the preseason, you're ready for league action?
4: You know, I would definitely say going into league, we are more prepared than I think that we would have been if we went with an easier schedule and a lot of our guys are getting a lot of experience at at different positions that maybe they weren't quite expecting. Um, While we had some ups and downs during the off season, I think that our team chemistry has never been higher. Um, I think that the work that our kids put in and the amount of uh, caring that they give uh, couldn't be any higher. So going into league play, I'm feeling pretty confident.
2: Yeah, as you should, you know, really. And then having that big win over basic, uh, again, to, to win the Henderson Bowl. Uh, you're also the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. Uh, not not too bad for Green Valley High School uh, as you prepare <laughs> yeah. for uh, league play. Again, we're talking to Coach Claymore over here on uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. And the say Roughness. So with the Raiders being so heavily involved in the community, how, how big of a deal Deal is that for your program, knowing that they can look right up the road and see guys on the professional level that play on Sundays and know that they're not that far, uh, not out of their reach.
4: Well, you know, and I, I kind of said this when we got the opportunity to go there for the seven-on-seven kind of passing league and lineman camp deal there too. The, the Raiders are the most involved NFL team I've ever seen when it comes to their local community. Now, obviously, I don't know every single local community with an NFL team in it, but I... Can't think of an area across America where you can just have the Raiders right there for you. I I remember when my, our youth program, the Green Valley Knights, when did the similar thing we had Max Crosby out there playing flag football with our girls program. You know what I mean? Like, where yeah. does that happen at? Right. And I mean, mile Hayes, who's an amazing director of youth, kind of like the relationships that we have the community relationships. That guy calls me or texts me after we hey, good luck coach. You know, who does that? Like what, what professional team does that? Like the support that we get from the Raiders is uncanny and I can't thank them enough for everything they do.
2: You know, it must be a pretty good inspiration as well for your players. You know, I mean, because like like you mentioned, Max Crosby being out there uh, playing with, you know, flag football with the girls. I mean, it just it it must be inspiring when these guys, uh, everyone in your program wants to play on Sundays. Everyone's not going to play on Sundays, but everyone wants to play on Sunday. So those are guys that they look up to. It must be pretty inspiring.
4: You know, and I definitely want to say so. So from the top guy in our program to maybe a guy who's a, a freshman, maybe getting some backup minutes, whenever they get an opportunity to be around the Raiders, you know, it kind of it gives them that Disneyland feel all over again. And I'll tell you what, like, it, it does kind of give you that feel of like, oh, this is within my grasp. Mm-hmm. and it's And it's something that's right in your face and it's, And it's an opportunity that I think a lot of them maybe won't appreciate as thoroughly as right now as they will later in life. You know what I mean? So high schoolers, it's very kind of blinders where they're kind of like, this is what I'm doing right now, and that's cool. But I think where you're going to see the residual effect is like later on in the community, the Raiders are going to really find this to be something that's very fruitful for them because they're going to have such a connection to their community and the people that are in it that – you're going to see you know ticket sales go up or people want to volunteer more people, more people want to be coaches because the Raiders opened up this kind of opportunity for them you
2: know and it's funny i was in central texas and so you know texas high school football is incredible right and so i was there and uh, you know everyone would play their state championship games in Jerry's world in AT&T stadium well mm-hmm. now the Raiders have the state championship games there at Allegiant Stadium they have the high school football helmet wall there uh, at the stadium so obviously high school sports is so important and uh, you know to have those state championship games at Allegiant Stadium, I mean that's that's a great goal to set just for every program when the season starts. Like, hey, we want to end the season right there. That that must be pretty fun as well.
4: Yeah, so they, um, I, we have a, a kid on our team named Nate Richter, and he he gave me, he told me he's like, Coach, I'm not gonna lie to you. I kind of envision whenever we, like he was doing his like summer workouts, doing all of his stuff. He's kind of like a above and beyond kind of kid, and he's like I just imagine holding a, a banner. He's like being the the first guy holding the banner in Legion Stadium with like all the lights and stuff on. it. I'm like, that's so like for me, a guy who's like been able to tour around and like walk around that stadium and get right. kind of a first person view of it. Like, that's just so cool for like a high schooler to already have that vision. And the, the fact of the matter that the Raiders opened up there their arms and said hey we want to accept everybody in like it just it's just the complete opposite of what i think uh, to be frank a lot of people thought when the raiders were first coming here because they had their own notations of what the raiders might be and it's just been the complete opposite
2: Especially yeah, no, they've been very active in the community and it's been fun to kind of partner with them and do stuff like we're doing right now. You know, talking about high school football and talk about you being the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. And coach, every, every coach that I talk to and, and, and talk about the award, they always say it's not just about me. It's about the program. It's about my players. It's about my other coaches, it's about my school. Uh, how, how big of a deal is that is the award not just for you, but for everyone
4: involved in the program? No yeah I, I'm just a name on a paper <laughs> to be <laughs> frank like, uh, i didn't I didn't win this game alone uh, heck I, it was I didn't even play it down uh, I stood on the sidelines and wore sunglasses um, <laughs> It was mainly hmm. the players. And it was all my assistant coaches, and it was our, our, you know, our athletic admin. It was our admin. It was, you know, basic high school who put on such an amazing event. Like just overall, I am just a guy with a name on a paper. I couldn't thank my players enough. I couldn't thank my assistant coaches enough. I couldn't thank the families that are so supportive of us, and I couldn't thank my own wife enough. I mean, you got to give a shout out to all those out there that sacrifice everything they possibly can so that these young men get the best opportunities they possibly can get, you know?
2: Yeah, I do. Uh, believe me, I know probably better than anybody because, uh, you know, without the without the wife being my support team, uh, I don't do what I do every day, right? I mean, they're just, Absolutely. you know, you've got to have that support team. I say it all the time and it comes in many different forms, but uh, you've got to have that. And so that, that's awesome that, you know, you have that around the the Green Valley program. Again, we're talking oh, yeah. with, with Coach Clay Morrow here on Radio Nation Radio 920 unnecessary roughness so coach what does it mean to you to be a high school football coach because i know it's it's way bigger than wins and losses and x's and o's
4: no oh, what it means to me is just i mean you kind of mentioned it with the last question like just an opportunity to connect with the community you know just uh it's so it's so funny how you look up to your coaches when you're a kid and you think of them as like a pillar of excellence almost like they're kind of those role model figures for you and they always they always seem like people that are always just so giving you know and you always wonder like you know how do you get to that kind of precipice in life and now the opportunity to just be a high school coach not even a head coach just a high school coach in general like it's just so fulfilling because these kids in this community are so amazing the families are so awesome and they care so much and the schools want to it's just so interesting to me how the schools always want to see these kids be so successful and, and go out and then these kids they kind of buy into this like this weird pseudo kind of like family mentality mm-hmm. and and just explode with kind of pride and spirit. And it's just so funny how like when you get down to the nuts and bolts of it, all of us coaches are all the same. Like I was talking to um, Jeff Cahill, who is obviously the basic head coach. And I mean, he's a great dude. He's been doing it forever. Went to basic high school, all that stuff. And we're rivals, right? You think, Oh yeah, you got that hatred. I was talking to him about a couple of his kids over there that he wants to try to get to college. And I'm like, that's so interesting to me. Like, all of us are just trying to do the same thing. We're just trying to get these kids all the same opportunities that a coach at one point gave to us. So for me, it's a blessing. Um, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I have a lot of coaches that I have to thank. Um, and I, I hope that the work that I do in my career you know, makes them proud
2: how cool is it though when a, a player comes back right to come back in and says hey coach thank you for what you did or you see a co- a player thriving on the next level or or even in just family and, and in the community in general and you just realize that that was one of my players and you know we we grew together
4: well what was so funny about after the game like there was a uh <laughs> i got i got an ice bath dumped on top of me from like a Gatorade cooler, <laughs> yes. which I'm like, all right guys, calm down. We've won one game, Right, <laughs> like, right. but they, they still poured it on top of me. And I looked to my right and it's one of my former players who did it. Nice. <laughs> so nice. I was like, what in the world is happening right now? But yeah, no, it's, it's always so cool. Cause I, you know, it always makes me want to reach out to my, like I said, my former coaches. And, and when you get an opportunity to realize like you had a real impact in life, like no, no amount of money could ever, Change that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no salary that can make me feel this good. There's no, you know, award recognition, which obviously I appreciate the Tom Floor is, you know, Coach of the Week award, but. It, realistically it's to change lives and when someone reaches back out to you obviously you've done that
2: yeah and that's what's important i mean it really is and, and i love the fact that you know the impact that high school football coaches have on the community have on their players just in general i just think it's a it's a real special thing so coach before before i let you go i gotta ask about the league opener man you got desert pines this friday night uh, what challenges do you uh, see from the jaguars
4: well, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, their coach over there, Tico Rodriguez has done a, a fantastic job of amassing some quality, uh, some quality talent over there. Um, they got jocks, uh, up and down the field. Um, they're fast. They, you know, they're, they're usually pretty productive when it comes to being uh, offensively, they get up and down the field and then defensively they always got, you know, one or two freaks over there. So for us, it's all about game management. Uh, for us, it's all about, trying to, you know, play our game and, and make sure we can control some of their big explosive players. Um, so it's going to – got our work cut out for us Friday night, but I always enjoy a good challenge against DP. Um, it's always good comp, and they're usually a quality program. So we're excited to see them at home.
2: Well, there you go. I mean, in this league play, you know, it gets real, right? I mean, you've had the preseason. You've had the challenges. Uh, your team is prepared, and, and it gets real now with league play. And, of course, I'm sure with the weather changing a little bit, the players will be excited to go out there and maybe not cramp up like, a, you know, like a, it's ten, it's like a tendency to do early in the season when it's still blazing hot outside. So,
4: Well, um, you think the players are like that? I got to tell you, my coaches are stoked.
2: <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Believe me, even being out there watching the games, I'm excited when the temperature starts to change because, like, okay, Hold on, I'm not sweating buckets now. So uh, yeah. this is this is really cool. It's really football weather. So that's when, like I said, when you know it's real. Well, Coach, congratulations again being the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. Congratulations on winning that game, the rivalry game over Basic. Of course, uh, that's a big one for your, uh, your team, the Henderson Bowl right there. And then good luck this Friday night versus Desert Pines as you guys open up league play. Uh, congratulations again, Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. Uh, congratulations on the big win over Basic. And good luck this Friday night. Against desert pines uh should be a really good game
4: yeah absolutely hey i appreciate you guys having me on um i just want to once again thank everyone that's involved with this award you know my wife all the players all my coaches uh the school green valley high school itself um i want to appreciate uh, you guys for hosting me today and uh, obviously the raiders for putting this all together and uh, as always go gators
2: there he goes coach clay morrow right there from green valley high school tom flores high school football coach of the war year er, war, a week recipient there I don't know, we'll get it right one of these days. Maybe tomorrow we'll get it right. Today has been one of those days for me. So uh, we're going to close out the show really strong. Um, much thanks to uh, Coach Clay Morrow, again from Green Valley High School. Let's go ahead and hit the phone lines real quick before we uh, get up out of here. Let's talk to our guy, Juan the Smasher. Hopefully you're doing better than me, my man. What's on your mind? What's up, Q?
1: What's going on? I have no idea. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's just one of them days. You know what I'm You saying? ain't lying. I feel like
2: Monica back in the day. It's just one of them days. <laughs> hey, I heard that. But you know what? It's been one of them
1: days for three weeks of these Raiders. That's all right. Hey, I'm, I'm a positive person. I'm not going to let these Raider games ruin my, my days anymore. I finally learned how to let go. And you know what? We just got to move on. These Raiders going to be all right. I still believe because people believe in White Jesus. And I believe in them Raiders. And, and <laughs> for some reason, we're going to beat these donkeys. And then from here, once we stop on them donkeys, that's when we're going to turn things around. and man, Yeah, that cheese game is going to be tough, but you know what? Donkeys, from come on, Raider Nation. Hey, what's up, fools? You guys keep your head up, man. Let's go out there this Sunday let's go breakfast for these Raiders. Let's go, baby. Hey, great call,
0: man. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, we, we, we got like an extra minute left, but I mean. That was the best call ever. <laughs> that was great. I don't know why I'm so
2: hysterically laughing right now. I don't know why. <laughs> Juan the Smasher keeps it so real. He keeps it so real all the time. Like he just tells you what's on his mind. And man, that is my brother for that reason, man. I definitely appreciate Juan. You just made the whole show better. That whole, that call right there. That that, met, that made two hours and 55 minutes that much better. Oh, man. Thank you so much for that call, Juan. I, I needed that. Believe me, I needed to get out on a good note, and that was fantastic right there. My man, I don't even have to tell you what he said. It was just great. It was just, did we keep, we kept it what he said, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> good. That's fantastic. Put a smile on everybody's face. All right, well, Raider Nation, we're gonna try this again tomorrow. I don't know what happened today. Tomorrow's definitely gonna be a red polo day. <laughs> I'm gonna come in with a purpose tomorrow. Devon had a pink uh, CK shirt on t- tomorrow. Looked like the shirt, or today it looked like the shirt got a what was it like? It got um like what? Like it got faded in the in in the laundry or something like that. It, was, it meant to be red, but it turned out pink because you faded it. We'll do it again tomorrow. We'll try the red shirts. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.